Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Journey to Organization, Balagan Be Gone. I am Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Be Gone and I'm still on vacation, but I wanted to just give you guys a short, you ladies, a short episode today um, because I got a lot of questions about two topics. The first was uh, comments about um, the way that I date time and the second was about clothing. So I will say this and this is not the forum for discussing this. We're here to talk about organizing and waste. Um, so I will just quickly touch on um, this because a lot of ladies called me and said, Rebecca, we're in 5777 and you said the Grand Canyon is 5 million years old and I don't necessarily think that the two are out of sync with each other. Rambam has very clear aspects of, of how the first early days of creation are considered not days as how we know them, but, you know, epochs of times, thousands or millions of years. And so I don't necessarily believe that um, I'm out of sync with what we believe as Jews that we're in 5777. Um, if you want to have a discussion about this further, okay, but I'm not going to discuss it here. This is not the forum for it. There's different opinions on this as there are on many, many things. And this is my opinion. This is how I studied in, in yeshiva and with my rav in yeshiva. And this is how I, how I think. The truth is, is honestly, time doesn't really, um, this is ironic, I guess. Time doesn't really sit with me the same way that it sits with other people. So for example, in terms of like how I manage my time, like I don't necessarily view my day as a 24-hour day. There are so many hours in the day that are not accessible to me. Like, for example, the day hours that I'm sleeping that I don't even consider those as part of my day. They're not part of my day. They're part of my night. So I look at my workable time in almost like 12 to 15 hour increments and then I have a break in between and I don't even really consider that time because it's not usable time in the active sense of the word because I'm sleeping. So I think that time is really fluid and time is really, I, I don't know, variable depending on how you look at it. I guess that's the right word, variable. And how we perceive time is not necessarily the way that Hashem perceives time. And so I don't think it's a contradiction or apicorsis to, to say, you know, Yes, we're in 5777, but the earth is dated at 5 or 10 million years old. There was life um, forms, I mean, created before humans were created. We know that plants and animals and, and all these other things are created before man is created. And so there has to be a way for the earth to be dated pre-man. And I, I guess, in my opinion, um, 5777 is sort of the beginning of time for man. Um, whatever, that's just my opinion. You guys are free to disagree with it. If you don't like what I have to say, as always, you don't have to listen. So um, I want to move on now because I don't want to dwell on this. Um, I appreciate you listening to my little rant for five minutes. Um, you know, I'm happy if someone wants to call me out on something. Your opinions and your beliefs are not necessarily going to be the same as mine. I don't go into an opinion without some sort of backing that I have, like, knowledge about it in halacha. I don't know everything, but, like, there are definitely opinions to support my belief. And so... 
stove. That's what I believe. Okay, so moving on. Clothing. Clothing was a really big question, I guess, because people are starting to change seasons or buy clothes for school or I don't know, any number of things. Um, so actually, I before I forget, I want to just say one thing before I start talking about clothing. I actually bought myself a microphone. Now, I didn't buy it now. I bought it secondhand on eBay. So um, I actually think that the sound quality is better, but I would really love your opinions on if you think that the sound quality is more clear, if I should go back to the old recording. What, what I, I'm interested in knowing what you guys are hearing and, and how it's projected to you. So please um, let me know if it sounds more clear. Um, or if, if it doesn't sound more clear, if it sounds the same or whatever, I just, a little feedback would be awesome in this respect. So if you have the time to just leave me a quick message about, uh, the way the voice sounds, I would appreciate it. Okay. So clothing, maybe because it's almost back to school time, maybe because it's the change of seasons, maybe there's a lot of you who are pregnant. I don't really know. There were a whole bunch of clothing, clothing questions this week. And so I really, I'm going to address that. Um, I also got a ton of questions about kitchen setup again and, and menu planning and food, um, and questions about, about, how to use coconut oil and I'm going to get to all those things. I actually had a great idea. Um, if anybody's opposed to this, you're for free to call me back. Since my husband does most of the baking in our house, I really don't enjoy baking, but he really does. I thought it would be really awesome if the, if I could have a podcast with him and if, if you ladies would be interested in hearing, um, a conversation that the two of us have and, um, he could share some of his secrets about how he uses coconut oil and popcorn and all these other things that he really is the one responsible for in our house. So if that's okay with everybody, then say nothing. If anybody has an objection, feel free to call me. Um, okay. So clothing. I don't remember who this was. Shifra from Lakewood called me about maternity clothing. Now, Shifra left me a long message, and Shifra, I promise, Bezrath Hashem, I will get to all of your questions, but not today. Today, I want to focus on the clothing. Shifra talk, it was talking to me about how she has basically eight sets of clothing. Maternity, pre-maternity, post-maternity, beginning of maternity, end of maternity, like all these different, and then just regular clothes and pre-childbirth and regular clothes after childbirth and all these different stages what what should she what should she save how can she figure out what she really needs so i i i guess i haven't sort of made myself clear about clothing um it's worthwhile to say it again because i think it's really important i understand um, when you need all these different, that you need, that people need, ladies need, different clothes for different stages. Um, but I'm wondering how much you really need for like an eight month period. So I'll tell you on this trip, um, everyone in my family, well, it was just me and my three kids, but my husband didn't come, but if he would have come, he would have done the same. Everyone in my family came here for a month, and actually my daughter was here for six weeks, not a month, so um, we all came with carry-on bags because we could do laundry, <laughs> and so like we have a week or seven days worth of clothing, and um, 
you know, it is what it is. And I think that um, when you have maternity clothing, especially, you can get by with a lot, a lot less. Um, and I think that that's an important distinction. We worry about you know, what we can get, what we can't get, what we might need. This is on sale. Should I borrow it from a friend? But the thing is, is if you actually think about it, I bet you actually have a lot of friends who you could borrow and trade and swap and do all these things with if somebody, if something you have is not what you need. So, or there's like a mach in your neighborhood that has maternity clothes. And the thing is, is if there isn't, then ladies, start one. This is how we make positive change in the world. When we take a matter into our own hands, we can make change. If you don't have, I know my friend um, Anat runs a, a gamach in Washington Heights, a maternity gamach in Washington Heights. It's possible. <laughs> they don't take that much effort. Um, if the stuff doesn't get returned, tov. It doesn't get returned. Okay, there. Like, it's not the end of the world. The point is, is that we have resources available to us that are swap and, and trade, and we should take advantage of them. Maybe it's just hosting a sw clothing swap evening in your home, you know, with all your pregnant friends. I don't know like what the best answer is for you personally. Everybody is on their own different like stage and you know, maybe you're plus size and and there's not a lot of options in maternity clothes for you and so you feel like you need to sort of hoard the clothes a little bit. I get that. I totally get that. Um that doesn't mean it's rational or that you should actually do that. <laughs> but I guess the point is is when you're purchasing, try to purchase the best clothing, the most like um, diverse, not diverse is not the right word, the most uh, useful clothing for that stage in your life. So for example, if you work and, and you're pregnant, then maybe the best thing to do is buy like two t-shirts and you know, four work shirts and just rotate them. And the thing is, is that after six months of wearing them, I mean, maybe you're only going to wear maternity clothes for five, excuse me, five months or four months. But after your second or third child, you're in maternity clothes much longer. So, um, you know, if you just buy 10 or 12 pieces, that's probably enough to get you through. And the thing is, is that, um, by the time you're done, they'll probably be too worn out to wear again from all the washing. Um, my first, my oldest child was born in December and he was supposed to be born in January and um, he was actually born six weeks early. And I kept <laughs> uh, putting off buying a coat because it happened to be very unseasonably warm that year but in New York. But I kept putting it off. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Buy a coat for four weeks? That's crazy. And I'm, I'm not such a thin person and I'm actually really tall and um, I'm like, I'm five foot ten. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tall for a woman and most of my friends are much shorter than me. And I just, I didn't think I would be able to lend from anybody. And I just bought the heaviest sweater I could find. And I used to just pad up as much clothes as I can and wear scarf and hat and gloves. And 
I was fine, and I made it. And Baruch Hashem, he came early, maybe. I mean, not Baruch Hashem, he came early. But Baruch Hashem, he came early. I didn't have to buy a coat. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. He came six weeks early. But the point is, is that, like, I never really worried that I was going to go without or that I would be too cold. Like, it just sort of, it, it worked out. And I feel like that's a level of Amuna that we need um, and that we can definitely benefit from but also it's just sort of like it's not even amuna if you think about it like i just was putting it off because i was too cheap to buy a coat because i didn't know like maybe next time i'll get pregnant in december and i you know will give birth in um you know august and that's basically sort of what happened the second time is i didn't need a coat because my second babies were born in september so like you know i just I didn't want to own the coat and carry it from from pregnancy to pregnancy and I don't know for me it was enough to layer it on and not have to worry about the coat but if I needed a coat I'm sure I could have borrowed a coat or bought a cheap coat or I don't know but I just feel like when you say to me I have all these pre post you know I get it everything is not in the same place after you give birth it's a totally real thing, but um, when you're selecting pieces in the first place, do your best to select the pieces, I guess here's the right word, the pieces that will give you the most mileage. Look for the pieces that you're going to be able to wear pre or post or during your pregnancy time and what's going to be the most versatile, uh, you know? The, for me, it was always the skirts that had the like fold over bands. Those I was able to wear all through my pregnancy plus my post pregnancy. And those were so comfortable. And honestly, like, are you really rushing out to shul right away? I mean, I lived in a place that had no air roof, so I definitely was not rushing out. But, um, like, okay. You can find ways to hide it. If you have something plain, put on a fancier necklace, wear fancier shoes, put on a fancy scarf, wear a shawl. Like there are things that you can do to give yourself a little bit more mileage on a plain item of clothing so that it can be dressed up and dressed down. So I just sort of, there's no real number. There's no real number on how many pieces of clothing any woman should have at any given time in her life. It's a really a, a choice you have to make, but choose clothing that will give you the most mileage. Don't hang on to pieces that aren't in good condition. Don't hang on to pieces that you honestly don't think you would wear again. And be honest, this wasn't comfortable. This was comfortable. Maybe I should buy, you know, like be honest with yourself and and the situation will really work itself out. I hope I hope that helps you, Shifra. Um so I want to address what Panina asked me from Brooklyn about um, hand-me-downs, which is related, clothing hand-me-downs. She says that when she's, uh, she gets a lot of, of hand-me-downs and right away she sorts the hand-me-downs, take what she wants and passes on the things that she doesn't want. But she takes things sometimes that she might need because they could come in handy, even though if she would have been shopping, she wouldn't have necessarily purchased those things for herself. And I think this is a really like important point. When we get hand-me-downs, we're, something, we, we're thinking like, okay, this could come in handy. It could be useful. I'll keep it just in case. But we don't really have the space to keep it or the inclination to keep it or we don't really need it or... 
I don't know. There's lots of things that could happen in those situations. So, again, here's the solution, Panina, in my opinion. Be honest. Assess really what you need. I know that my kids need six shirts and six pants and three Shabbos outfits and or whatever it is. And my daughter needs, you know, six pairs of leggings in addition. And I keep 10 pairs of underpants and that's it. Or socks I tend to buy more frequently because even though, um, you know, they can only wear six p- pairs until I do laundry usually, I keep extras on hand because they actually really wear out really quickly because... Ew, my kid, my boy's feet are gross. Anyways, that's a whole nother <laughs> episode. But we actually go through socks really, really quickly. So just keep what you need. Don't feel pressure just because somebody handed down to you. And I want you all to remember also when you hand things down to people, when you pass things on, make it clear to the person that they're under no obligation to keep it and they can pass it on too. Because it is a burden when you give something to someone, they think, oh, she'll be so disappointed if, um, you know, I don't keep it. But probably you won't. And it's a good idea to make it clear that, you know, this is not a thing for you to and you don't mind if they pass it on too. Um, this is not related to clothing, and I will get back to clothing in a minute, but Elisheva called me and asked me about a recipe for toothpaste, mouthwash, and deodorant. Honestly, I am not at the stage where I'm making any of those things by myself. I buy a tooth powder. I use uh, coconut oil as a mouthwash and deodorant. I still have not found a good solution for. Um, I have... I am finishing up my pre-Aliyah um, stash of deodorant. Um, so as soon as I'm done, I will definitely try these brands. But I actually know the ladies who make both of these brands, and I really highly recommend them because I do use some other products from them. The first is, uh, her name is um, Nic- Nicole, I think. Um, and she runs um, a company called Shulresh Body and Soul. Both of these companies are based in Israel, but they do ship all over. If you're in Israel, her number is 054-261-6199. That's 054-261-6199. And that's shoreshbodyandsoul.com. S-H-O-R-E-S-H. Body and Soul. S-O-U-L.com. And she makes really great products. And also, um, Allison from Eitz Adin. She's on Etsy. Um... And she has a U.S. number and an Israeli number. It's 240, her U.S. number, 240-389-0428. That's 240-389 or 7. I'm going to double check that. Hang on one second. Um, They both make amazing, amazing products. And I use a lot of them. And just... Not the ones that you have asked me about, Elisheva. So um, I'm sorry, but um, yeah, 389-240-389-0428. And her Israeli number is 054-429-9973. That's 054-429-9973. So if you want to get handmade products made in Israel with Israeli um, ingredients. Um, I highly recommend these two brands. I know that they both have a deodorant. I don't know about a mouthwash or a toothpaste, but it's worth looking into. Okay, 
back to clothing. Sorry for the diversion. Um, what is the, the question is, what is the best type of bag to store clothing in from the off season? Is it a plastic bag? Is it a cardboard box? Um, what is it? And also, what do I store from season to season? It's expensive to, you know, replace gloves and sweaters and all that stuff from year to year. Okay, so it's a great question. I, we've talked about it before, but it's worth talking about again. That's why I'm talking about it again, because I think it's worth talking about again. Um, a lot of my clients like space bags. I'm not a huge fan of space bags. I don't like storing clothes in plastic. Um, it's not really great for the fabrics. It doesn't allow the fabrics to breathe. Um, Unless your clothing clothing is polyester, most fabrics come from a, li a living plant. You know, if it's cotton, it comes from something that was alive. It, it's still, even though it's not breathing in the sense that like it's not going through the um, photosynthesis process anymore and growing, it still needs like air and oxygen to circulate and keep it fresh and um, it in theory breathes in its own way and the plastic sort of stops that now of course it keeps out bugs um but i really prefer canvas storage bags if you can get them because it allows the clothing to breathe it also keeps away bugs um usually the canvas bags come with some sort of combination of plastic and canvas okay if that's what you can get then great whatever you can get is whatever you can get the storage bags are great but they have a tendency to open <laughs> like unvacuum themselves or spring holes in them and so while they're great in theory they don't always work so you know if you have them use them a lot of times i just use like because they spring leaks in them they rip you know they're not effective against keeping away bugs so you know it's 50 from here 50 from there my clients who use plastic storage bins with locking lids seem to be the most happy but again plastic doesn't breathe so just try to like not pack it in too tight and it should be okay storage bins do take up a lot of room what you use depends on your space so if you want to call me back the lady who called me and asked me this question didn't leave her name so if you want to call me back and tell me you know exactly what space you have and give me the dimensions i'll be happy to respond to that specifically but um in general boxes are not an efficient use of space but they in my opinion, stay the most organized because they stack, um, but they do take up a lot of space. So now that we've talked about what to store things in, we want to know what should we actually store. From season to season, it's kadai, especially for grown-ups. Store your winter boots, store your coats, store gloves and hats and scarves. For sure, 100%, you should store that. For kids, it's not so simple. Expensive items or harder to find items, like let's say snowsuits, um, I definitely always kept from kid to kid, but the second one of my kids, the, the common denominator kid, the lowest common denominator kid didn't fit into that any snowsuit anymore, it got passed on right away. And that's the thing, like move it on, pass it on, know when to get rid of things, you know, it's okay to move, move things on. So keep 
things that they're not going to outgrow. The gloves take longer to outgrow. Scarves take longer to outgrow. Hats take longer to outgrow. But as soon as it's outgrown, do not save it. The other thing is, is um, it's important to... I know a lot of people, I always um, get my kids coats at the end of the year and I try to buy my kids coat um, si like two sizes bigger so they can get two years out of it. So far, it really has been effective and working for me. Um, I don't always get a hand-me-down coat, so I usually look for a sale at the end of the season and buy it and put it away and I buy it for two years and that helps. After two years, I find that the, the coats are really destroyed and they're not usually even pass onable. But if they, I've had them for only one season, then I definitely pass them on. And I, I'm happy to take a hand-me-down coat. Um, it's not always what the kids want um, and my kids have like really tactile issues and so whatever I do the best that I can and I try to buy them secondhand or take secondhand whenever I can but it doesn't always work if you're putting away for the season like like that if you're going to buy at the end of the season or whatever then tove it's fine to store it you know for for a season it's worthwhile um, in that situation with kids but for sure it's worthwhile for yourself I have one coat um, I have I think one scarf um, I don't even think I have a winter hat and I have one, I have actually two sets of gloves. Um, one that's waterproof and one that I wear just for like for when, you know, we're in the snow, which isn't so frequent in Israel anymore, but, um, and then one just to wear stom, like a nice leather pair. Um, I, I mean, it's worth it to save that kind of stuff from season to season. Um, okay. I think that was all the questions about coats. I mean, about <laughs> clothing. So I hope that I answered your questions. Um, I know this episode's a little bit shorter than normal, but um, I'm just glad that I got one out to you guys. Um, again, I want you to just give me a little bit of feedback about how I sound on this new microphone. And um, I'm looking for some feedback if anybody's interested in hearing uh, me talk, talk, uh, do an episode speaking with my husband so he can elaborate a little bit more on how he bakes and use co uses coconut oil and, um, popcorn and all the stuff, food issues that, that you guys were asking me about. So, um, if that is interesting to you or if it's not interesting to you, either way, let me know. Um, and when I see him again, <laughs> which is still going to be a few more days, um, I will discuss it with him and I'm, I think he'll be really excited. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wish you guys, you ladies all a really organized rest of the week, a productive week. I want you to remember the mantra. Hashem keeps me organized. Always, always. I'm adding in the always. Hashem keeps me organized. And, um, as always, feel free to send me an email, Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at balaganbegone.com. You can leave me a voice message here at Akaris Havais, or you can, uh, you know, send me a carrier pigeon. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the skywriter over my parents' house. Whatever works. I, I am really responsive. Um, and I'm actually... I'm working on two speaking engagements, one at Pico Jerusalem and one at the OU Israel Center. As soon as I have finite dates, I will post them. I will announce them here. So um, 
keep keep listening for those dates and i look forward to hearing from all of you and um yeah have a great week i'm rebecca saltzman um and good luck on your journey to organization this week <laughs>